Welcome to Divorce Diary Show. I'm Michelle Traina, your creator of Divorce Diaries. And if you hear background noise, that's because my child's watching the computer while I record. Happy pandemic, everybody. Today's episode is amazing. Paul Farver here is here and ready and zooming in with me about comedy, dating, and how he's crushing it, killing it as a comedian. But first, a message from Anchor. Welcome, everybody, to Divorce Diary Show podcast. I am your host and creator, Michelle Trena. I hope you guys are having a happily divorced after time in the quarantine. Today, I have a funny guest. He is a comedian. He is a writer. He has multiple podcasts, and he's also a revised attorney. Paul Farber, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm okay, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm surviving the quarantine. Yes, we're all surviving the quarantine (laughs) six months in. Paul and I met last about a year and a half ago when Divorce Diaries show was at Zany's in Chicago. And I remember because you reached out to me about your uh, singles only podcast and I was super excited and it was a lot of fun being on that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you also did, uh, you did the WGN radio show too. Yes. Okay. So I did the WGN radio show with Patty Vasquez and Paul was, you came, you were there too. Yeah, I'm on her show. I was on her show. Yes. So I got the answer. I got the question wrong, which I will never forget because my friend, my feature was with me. He's like, how could you get that question wrong? And you're from (laughs) Jersey. I was like, well, I listened to hip hop and it was Bruce Springsteen was like, oh yeah, we played, they played a song and I I couldn't get it right. And that's a divorce diaries moment where I mess up some, some of the music that I should be listening to like Bruce Springsteen. I listened to hip hop and like, Ella, like I listen to Naughty by Nature, which they're from Jersey, and right. like I, I don't know. My friends like you. Yeah, are but the fact that the fact that you know Naughty by Nature and you didn't know Bruce Springsteen is not something <laughs> that you want to put on your uh, profile picture on Bumble or whatever. Well, those are the kind of men I date. <laughs> oh, that's that might be a problematic. That's problematic. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that in a second. Okay. So, um, Paul, you are. Uh, you do so many things. You have a podcast called Singles Only. You also have a new podcast out. Your YouTube channel, you're killing it. You're working as a compact. Now, are you also, you're an attorney too. That's what was so exciting and fascinating when I did the show in Chicago. I was like, oh, he's an attorney. And yeah, I mean, I stopped, I stopped practicing right. a couple of years ago. But I mean, I had my own practice. Uh, but then after the quarantine or during the quarantine, I was just like, eh. I mean, I was already, before the pandemic started, I had some projects in the works that were going to take me um, on the road and moving part, part-time to Los Angeles. So um, I just said, I'm going to take a break from law. And then, then the pandemic happened and said, you know, screw you, you're going to have to change. So um, right now, I, uh, I still have a law degree, but I don't have an office. I closed my official office down in, in April. And uh just full-fledged doing comedy, producing stuff, and waiting till the other side of this to uh, to do the shows that we were pitching. I love that. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about that because I've seen, like, your YouTube channel has exploded in the last year, and I think it's awesome, and maybe I can pick your brain a little bit, and I'm sure there's a ton sure. of other comics that, uh, and people in, just entrepreneurs that want to grow their YouTube channel and, you know, like the same kind of thing happened to me. I left my full-time teaching position in right. February 
and I'm full-blown performing and I had gigs lined up and I have my own theater company. So I had all this stuff going and then all this stuff happens with pandemic. How have you shifted during this time frame? Like for me, I brought everything virtual. I did divorce diary show virtually right. every week. I've been doing guest spots on law firms, Facebook lives, all this other stuff. And now I'm starting to do outdoor shows, but it, it's not the same in person. So I've just been focusing on all like my digital content. How have you shifted? Right. Well, uh, initially, well, initially I did the same. I did a lot of digital stuff and just worked on writing. And, uh, as far as comedy stuff, I did a lot of projects that keep me busy and then tried to find humor in that because it's hard to write when, you know, you're not doing anything. So, um, I started doing like little projects here and there. Um, I started uh, creating more content and uh, came up with some new stuff. And then um, uh, because I'm used to being up every night, because in Chicago, you know, you do two to three shows a night. Um, I had that time where I couldn't do it. So I did, I started doing uh, an online Instagram live show uh, weekly, uh, interviewing comedian friends mostly. But then after the pandemic, more stuff happened with, uh, with the George Floyd stuff. So I... Yeah instead of just trying to be silver lining stuff, which was the point of the show was to just be positive energy. But then I was mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm going to try to educate some people um, and, and have some black voices come and talk about their struggles. And I felt like that was cool. And then now um, um, shows are starting up again. I'm traveling again um, in socially distanced, super safe environments. Uh, I saw the Arkansas some, show. The, the yeah. Show. Arkansas uh, show. I can't speak. Some places, um, not so much. Yeah, like some places, they don't believe in the course, the pandemic. Um, I was in Oklahoma twice now. The uh, first time I was there, um, early June, uh, before the president went there, and nobody was wearing masks. People were like just denying <gasps> it. And then they got hit with uh, when the president came and then protests came, they started getting... Uh, the virus. My cousin who lives in Oklahoma currently has Corona. Um, uh, he's okay, but he, it's been, it's been, it's, it's kind of scary, but now people are starting to see it. And then when yeah. I got, when I went back there in the July, it was like night and day, more people were like believing it. People were wearing masks. I'm like, Oh, it's just like anything. When people know people that have something or are exposed to something they don't know, yeah, they believe in it. Yeah, right, right now in New York City, I, I don't, this whole thing, I, so New York City has been just like yeah. transformed to this. I haven't even been into New York City. I live right outside. I live in Jersey. But like, uh, from what I, I haven't been in to do a show because all the clubs are closed. And the outdoor right. stuff I've done is in Jersey. But everyone's like, dude, just stay home. My agents like just don't. I'm like, what? And I, I can't kind of comprehend that. I don't want to accept it because there's so much that goes on with performing in New York City. But there's a lot of a lot of stuff, heavy stuff that's happening and uh, stuck with Paul, right? That's your IG show. Yeah. I was watching a little bit of it. I like that. I think yeah, that's fun. Did you have like, um, what's one? Of, I mean, I'm sure all of them have a little place in your heart, all the podcasts and the shows that you do. What's your favorite to do? If you uh, I, I like, I like talking to people. I like interviewing people. So I love, uh, all my, I like all my projects. It, I just like anything that involves interviewing people or being like uh, uh, listening to voices and learning about people. I think I'm genuinely interested. So I feel like that's important. Uh, when people ask me, 
how a podcast, you know, because singles only, we have over 200 episodes now um, and it's doing really well and um, on different channels have picked it up now too. So I don't even, I don't know. That's awesome. Can you talk about that? So when you, so from so yeah. you're seeing different channels picked it up. So does that mean you get, you monetize off of it? You have sponsors? I have sponsors. Um, I haven't really uh, done any of the, cause it's, it's kind of, there's a lot of conflicts too. So if you choose like one entity, then you have to go with them and then they keep track of your numbers and then they get you a sponsor, but then you lose control over, um, what you can, what you can put on your podcast sometimes. Um, and then the other aspect is, um, I just want to get as many people to listen to it. Um, and then in terms of monetizing it, what I do is with my sponsors, uh, I take that money, most of the money that they, that I get from sponsorship, I reinvest into the, each podcast. So for singles only, um, I keep the stuff to make sure production is covered and then everything else. I literally go back into, uh, ads. I'll do ads on Facebook. I used to do that a lot, not so oh, much anymore, okay. but what that does is there was a person at Facebook that was designated to help you with the ads and, uh, they would, you get a budget and then they'd be like, all right, here's your target demo. And what they, all they can do is get the, uh, your content there. They can't get people to listen to the podcast, but uh, okay. it at least gets people to the door. Listen, and then yeah. the, the, the rest of the work you have to do, you have to keep those people there. Um, and for the most part, what I've seen in the demographics that we get from that is most people, the numbers we get, not most people, but most people that get hit with an ad, um, they'll check it out. And then, because uh, the demographic, for example, if I have a divorce woman on there the demographic will be like people who uh are divorced or you know uh single ladies single men who uh watch similar podcasts or something like that and then you you hope to the rule of 10 which is uh, a rule i created when i used to manage bands is you try to get 10 percent of the other people's um base so if you open for a big comedian you hope to get 10 percent of them uh, same with music. When you open for big like X, you, you hope to get 10% of them. So that's basically what I did with that podcast and hope to do it with other stuff. You just got me really excited because um, I heard something I didn't even think of, which was Facebook ad for the podcast, because I, I launched my content on so many different social media yeah. platforms. I love posting on IG. I love using TikTok. Um, and I'm trying to grow in all different ways because, you know, we're not really, I can't do my show as much as I like right. because of everything going on. Um, I never even thought about the Facebook ads with my podcast. I've thought about it with the show and just videos and in my theater company, but that's awesome. I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I don't know if you know Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I love Gary. Uh, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So for the ads, all you do, what I learned from, and I don't do it anymore just because, uh, um, I didn't do it right, but if you can do a good quality video, that's like 15 seconds, um, people will clip on it and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, it's going to get more eyes onto the video. And then from there you do a call to action, which is give them a link to whatever episode you're promoting. And so would you, how much, this is always a key question because I'm on a budget and yeah. as always, what would you say? would be your go-to to start with funds like how much would you spend on an ad that you're going to see some traction within a month well you're not going to see traction within a month say a couple uh, months six months yeah 
So what, what I did initially is I, I would take a budget of, when I first started, I had a budget of like $200 mm-hmm. a month That's what I that, I, that I got from my, from my, from my sponsors. Um, so, um, I would take that budget and I would put in like $50 a week in different ads, whether it was Facebook, I did Twitter for a little bit too. Um, and Instagram and Facebook are connected. So you can do it different ways that way. Um, but you have to make sure you do the target demo thing and there's ways to create it. Uh, like if you know people like Gary Vayner, whoever that would like your stuff, there are people that like them that you can target. Target. Oh yeah. yeah. Try that's not awesome. to target other comedians. comedians. I think that's the, if you do target them, I think it's a little risky because then you just get other comedians, uh, unless that's the market you want. Um, I, like, most, I like, sorry, go ahead. Most, most comedians aren't, uh, they're also pushing their own stuff. Yeah. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna get them. And there's, is, there's no hate on having the comedians, you know, follow your show, which is why I, I actually Absolutely. wanted to reach out to you because you're a very business savvy person in the sense of you, I think every single performer before I started doing stand up, I was an actor since college, you are your own business. So you have to brand, you have right. accordingly. And I love what you've done. So I love just, this is feeding my soul right now. And I'm sure other people that listen to this comic friends that I have or, or other actor friends that I work with want to know this because they're not doing it. Um, yeah. And they don't really know how they kind of get in there. Sometimes get stuck in their own, uh, they get caught in their, they get in their own way. Like I do that. Absolutely. I, I get in my own way with everything in my life, except comedy. Although I date men that get in my way with comedy. And I just realized last year that I was doing it. It wasn't their fault. <laughs> you got to interview. Wait, no, you got to interview. You talked, I talked to you about some of my exes. We're going to, we're going to go into the exes in a second. Yeah. We too. did that on the podcast. You talked to the cops, some of the guys you date. Yeah. I think there was one that I was seeing at the time in Chicago. And then he hit me up that day that I, after I did your podcast and it was just, he could totally threw me off a little bit. It was horrible, but not in a bad way. He's gone now for good. Um, so would you say with, so with, I'm trying to build my YouTube channel up, I have been thinking about doing Google ads. Is that something that you played around with, with your YouTube channel? Uh, I tried to do it a couple times and then they would just deny everything. Like they oh. would say it's con- cause I swear uh, there was like a swear or it was just too annoying. So I just stopped doing it. I did it on a couple and then, uh, and I felt like that was that worked. But what I learned the best way to do those are the hashtags. And also like what I did and I've talked to people, it's not the ideal way to do it. Um, was I was reaching out to people individually. I was making myself contact 10 people a day on Facebook or a hundred total a week to just like, Hey, will you follow me? I'll follow you back if you're a comedian or if they're super fans or whatever. And I got to, you know, the number I was, my goal was, and then I kept doing, I, when I do the follow-ups, I find that people got pissed off and just like, okay. And it just got like, I just, and then I talked to other people who are more professional about it. They're like, yeah, don't do that. That's good to initially. But then the next thing you have to do is just put out consistently good product. And if I could do it again, I would probably be more careful. Like uh, with some of the stuff I've recorded, the quality isn't as good, like the video quality. Um, but I was, I was proud of the fact that I did put out one new video every week for over a year. So I have a bunch out there um, and some I'll probably end up taking down just because it's like, okay, obviously no one liked this one. And some 
you know, the market speaks for itself. If you get like 2000 views on something to me, that's positive. So you have so many on all of your stuff. Like I, I yeah. love, I mean, you, I, first of all, I don't even know where to begin and, you know, cause I have to keep an, an eye on our time together because I feel like we need to do a part two with this. I can learn so much just from that alone. I do the same thing with content with my YouTube channel though. I have been getting with the hashtag, but I just said that with Google ads. Cause I was like, I don't know if I want to spend money on that. And, um, and I have reached out individually to people, yeah. but not like, I make sure it's people who are following my show and like, I do right. the, the creep, the creepy messages I get. Like if they start coming, I'm like, subscribe, yeah. subscribe. And I then, started like, doing that too. I would, yeah. I mean, I, I started doing it like on LinkedIn. I'd get hit up by people for my law firm stuff mm. and I would just be like, Hey, I'm not practicing law anymore, but follow my Instagram and then, or my uh, YouTube. And then like, you know, one out of 10 of them would end up being like, this is actually really cool, but it's kind of like throwing it back in their face. You know, they're doing it and then I'm doing it back at them. I like that. You said that the hundred a week, I had a goal of a hundred a day once. I mean, I try to do that and it's just not for me. It's not feasible, yeah. but I like that because I've been doing that with certain things on my channel. So that is very helpful. I just think that the message too, is just the, the squeaky wheel gets the, uh, was it squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the, what is it? Uh, I think the early the bird gets the worm. Worm, but then right the squeaky wheel gets the grease or something. There's another one. Greasing the wheels are, uh, it's dangerous. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Early bird does get the worm, but I love that because your YouTube channel has gone great. And now do you edit your, that was my other question about your YouTube channel. Do you edit your clips yourself or do you have somebody else do that? I do now. I used to have someone else do it. Um, but now I've learned to do it myself on iMovie. It's it, just because I think when you edit, um, people who don't comedy is different because there's beats and stuff so when mm -hmm. i have someone else edit it they didn't understand it um so i just do it myself it saves a lot of money and i learned um it took a while excuse me i did it it took a while but now i'm pretty good at iMovie but i want to get the better uh software like final uh, cut final cut the only the only hold up is that it takes up so much space on my mm -hmm. mac so i yeah. don't know what to do but um, I, I do iMovie for my new show. I, I edited everything ourselves myself for the show. And, uh, um, and it's, it's not that hard. And uh, yeah, it works. You can do it, it. I actually thought you had Final Cut because I've used iMovie and InShot and I actually think it looks great. Um, so uh, kudos to you because I, I was like, he's motivating yeah. me. And I love that your comedy clips, like they're two minutes long, they're funny. They have the captions. Um, my favorite was, it, this was a couple of years ago. I watched your, the, the, the recent stuff too, but it was a divorce. I just want to share this with the listeners about um, the woman you dated who was divorced. I don't remember. Uh, I've dated a, a lot of people. Amy, okay, so you, I love that you called yourself the Persian Andre Agassi. Oh, Agassi. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Amy, Amy Nelson, Nelson and, yeah. and you guys dated for two months, and then she ended up, she's divorced right and yeah. she you thought she was it was the best day of your life because you she said she was pregnant but it, she was pregnant with somebody else yeah that's a clip the clip is from the laugh factory channel yep. that one they, that one was my first one that made it to the laugh factory hollywood channel and uh and it's funny because it's based on a true story and uh i changed the name because my friend's name is amy nelson i said hey i'm gonna use your name but the girl's name is very close to that so i feel like she knows who it is i mean everyone knows that grew up with me who it is so so, to, so now, uh, kind of going into a little bit of like my, my divorce diary is a lot about my post-divorce journey and like dating men who are, you know, I teach kids with special needs and I date men with special needs and they are kind of like sure. tales from the crypt. Do you feel, 
And I recently, uh, this is the topic I want to bring up because I recently uh, had lunch with a friend of mine. We, we were friends in high school. Um, I have a super crush on him, but he doesn't know. And he has a girlfriend and I'm not trying to be in the middle of that, yeah. but he, we had like a four hour lunch, right? Which was nice. It was just, we were catching up and we met for lunch the week before too. So like, is he still here? And then the conversation turned into intimacy and it, at lunch. And I didn't think it was inappropriate. I was just speaking freely. And, and then later that night, he messaged me a little bit about that stuff. Now, do you think, now we weren't talking about each other, but there's, right. an under, for me, is an underlining because I'm like, why can't you be single? Is he, does he know that, or does he, was his comments like just general or did you, do you think he was like flirting? Borderline. Okay. Yeah. Cause like I went to a lunch with a girl that I dated recently uh, and we had a great lunch. She's in a serious relationship and I was giving her good advice on the new guy. I wasn't, we're not, okay. we have, we had a really good physical chemistry when we dated, but it just didn't work out. But she was asking me questions about our new guy and I was coaching her through it. Okay. But then again, like I, what, there was no, um, there wasn't, I don't think she, I know she doesn't have a crush on me. And, uh, I, I was like genuinely trying to like help her. So, so I don't know if that's what this guy is doing, but. We so definitely we were, were talking very aggressively about sexual stuff <laughs> to the point where the waitress was like, what the fuck is going on? Sorry, I swore. No, oh no, uh, this is divorce diaries. You can swear and curse. I say the P oh, okay. I say pussy on here. It's okay. My daughter's door is closed. Okay. But so I'll tell you this. That's what we were. We flat out were. Yeah. He was talking about like, he's not sure either about what's going on with them. He's like, I, I, he, she's a sweet girl, but I'm not really sure you know, I don't know what I want. I don't know if I want to be in the relationship. So I'm like, so you just got to wait it out. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, uh, yeah, now, I mean, there's definitely going to be sexual tension if you guys have been friends for a while and stuff. We and, have known each other since high school and we did yeah. marching band together. And then like we rekindled, I know we were marching. And the thing is like, that's what's so funny about it is that like we connected on this, like we've known each other. He's, he works for celebrity, does like bodyguard and all that stuff. Yeah. And he has like a weird schedule, but like he lives in Nashville now where he was supposed to come see my show. And then that's how we rekindled. He messaged me, he's like, hey, I'm coming to see your show with my girlfriend in February. And then he didn't show up to the show. And I was like, yeah, what happened? And he's like, oh, I had a charity event. I was like, all right, whatever. And then, you know, during the quarantine, we've been texting and talking because of my show virtually. And then when he came home, he's like, hey, let's go grab coffee. Uh, we also have been doing some business ideas together, just brainstorming. So it's been that, but then there's definitely for me an underlining yeah. of like, damn, I wish like, and I don't want to say he feels the same way too, but I don't feel like, like we wouldn't have a four hour lunch twice, you know what I mean? And then like, but I, I don't I also like, I felt like at nighttime when he was like, oh, I got to go to bed. I'm tired. I was like, yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. He's like, I'm going to go do this. It's like, well, now we're crossing into weird territory. And it didn't come up again, but he did text me yesterday and the day before to say, hi, how are you? So I'm like, I don't know. I said to myself, you probably shouldn't be getting in those conversations again with him. How long has he been with this girl? A year. Yeah. You just got to wait it out. So... <laughs> With that said, we have to wait it out. That's what my Michelle is going to do. What questions do you have for me? I love turning it around. 
I'm the guest. How do you just skip over the fact that you were in marching band? Like to <laughs> me, that explains a lot about <laughs> a person in high school. I know. I everybody was getting peer pressured into sex and. Were you a uh, nerd so, in high school then? Were no, like I got peer pressured into it. I wasn't actually. I actually did a lot of things. I did dance. I did saw uh, track, marching band. Did marching band. I did choir. I was the lead in the musicals. I was the president of the drama club. Okay, so I guess okay. I was a dork. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just picturing like Reese Witherspoon in election. Like, yes. You know, that was you. And, okay. And, and I was the treasurer of the Spanish club. Oh, dear God. The, like, I was the treasurer of the Kiko. I had a lot. I didn't so were you an awkward, did you, did you have boyfriends? Were you like, did you have guys after you or were you an I did have guys day? after me, but they just wanted to have, you know, sex. Yeah. But, like, but were I you, you were, you, you were popular in your mind? Like people I, were like, I think I had, like I wasn't homecoming queen at okay. all, but I was definitely had a lot of group of friends. I loved high school. I had, a, I was like at a high school of 3000 kids. So like the popular crowd, I was friends with those kids, but like, okay. so you I weren't a nerd, but you I weren't like a nerd, but I wasn't Miss, Miss homecoming queen. No, sure, that's all um, right. Yeah. And the thing is like, that's why I liked him too. I was like, we both kind of come from the same nerdy, but not nerdy, but like we connect in that way. It was, because I would still sure. love to pick your brain more about your YouTube and your platforms and how you promote your business and your comedy. Paul Farber, everybody, please check him out. Can you tell everybody where to check you out and find you? Uh, my YouTube page is youtube.com backslash Paul F. Comedy. On Instagram, Paul Farber, F-A-R-A-H-V-A-R. But if you put Paul F-A-R, it should pop up pretty fast. I love it. And I can't wait to come back to Chicago again. Yeah. Come back. Can't wait. I'm excited. Again. I know. Yeah. That's what that's what's hopefully in the works. Um, so stay tuned for more from Divorce Diary Show. Thank you for tuning in to Divorce Diary Show. And thank you to my fabulous, hilarious guest, Paul Farver. Please go follow him everywhere on his channels and keep staying tuned for more Divorce Diaries. Happily divorced after. Thanks so much, guys.